All right, all right, all right. So this is going to be the episode three of Close on the Weekdays. I just want to thank everyone that's been listening and supporting us. And, you know, we are still figuring it out. You know, it's still a difficult, difficult thing. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody, especially my friends and my girlfriend and those people that, you know, that want to listen and hear us out. We may not be the most interesting people. We not have may not have the best takes, but you know, it's our takes and I just want to thank you for supporting us and hearing us out. And once again, this is Close on the Weekdays, episode three. This is your host, Christian. What's up? It's your boy Playboy Mike. <laughs> yes, that is Playboy Mike for you guys who may not know him. I just wanna say, um, you know, just give an intro. What's up, Mike? How's your week been for you, man? It's been okay. Okay. Uh, getting through this holiday. You know, recording at a little, little high, a little buzzed. Just trying to, you know, get this shit out. <laughs> my high and my everything. As is tradition on before the show, we drink a little White Claws. So we get a no, little... They don't tell them all that. Just now, now they only we drink bitch water. <laughs> okay we drink bitch water as mike likes to say but as is tradition before every episode we like to take a little white claw well i like to just to take the edge off just because you know i'm not ready all the way to hear myself speak and hear myself talk so you know it helps take the edge off but you know my week my week's been a little weird i I'm doing a little growing up. I finally moved out of my parents' house and, you know, moving in with my girlfriend. And it's been a little, it's been a little difficult, you know. Adulting is not as glamorous as TV makes it out to be or movies makes it out to be. Because that shit is difficult because every, your well-being and everything in your life is up to you. So, you know, you have to buy all your groceries, all the shit I used to take for granted I gotta buy all that shit. Instead of it just being there, I gotta buy it. So, I mean, that's been my week. Shouts out to all the parents out there to take care of their kids. It's tough. Yes, yes. It's endless cycle. You know, you don't really realize it and appreciate it until you're out. And uh, just, if you're living at home or with your parents or living with anyone. Stay at home. Stay at home. <laughs> well, stay at home, but just take full advantage and, like, try to learn as much as you can. Because, like, once you're on your own, there's no one to, like, really help you. And you would, and I, I'm starting to think I wanted all this freedom for myself, thinking, you know, man, you know, I don't have all this freedom at home, but shit, bro, I miss it. I miss just shit being there sometimes, dude. Yeah. Just some shit being there, like, I can't stress how much I miss it. Like, certain foods and certain snacks, like, that shit would never come out of my wallet. And yes, I'm 23 and I have not paid um what is it i haven't paid any what is it fuck dude i haven't paid really any bills and so that's kind of why i'm 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 a freeloader off of my parents and you know i'm grateful to them for it and my dad for paying for everything but you know it doesn't really hit you till you move out you don't like i call my parents all the time now just I, like, before I used to talk, I lived with them, and I wouldn't really talk to them like this, but it's like, you know, you move out, and, like, you want to talk to them all the time, and talk to them more often, I don't know if that's, 
that's what your case is, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you wanna, you wanna. I really talk to my parents. Well, I mean, I think that's just. I think, I think if anything, moving out has more to do with the relationship you built with your parents. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say our relationship is complicated. Oh, I, I don't think we want to get into that right now. It's whatever. But <clears throat> what are we, what are we talking about today? Okay. Okay. So for today's episode, I want to get into the trolley problem. And for those that aren't familiar with what the trolley problem is, it was developed by a philosopher, Philippa Foot, in 1967, and it is and was adapted by Jarvis Thompson in 1985. So what the trolley problem is, I'm pretty sure if you've seen memes about it or if you've been on Twitter, you've seen some sort of thing about it. It's basically about how basically um, there's a there's um, what is it? A conductor that he he's relatively unknown to what the problem is. So the train is going down the tracks and he has a. He has the ability to divert the train either to kill five bystanders or kill one bystander. And that's ultimately what the problem is with with the basically what the name of it is, the trolley problem. So ultimately it's do you take the life of one person or do you take the life of five people? And that's ultimately what the problem is and what the dilemma is. Uh, so it's like unavoidable well i well yeah i guess because i mean it's more of to do with life in general you know how life is unavoidable and you have to make this split decisions based on certain things this kind of reminds me of in, in the dark night <laughs> okay you know like when the joker's like well the prisoners and well the civilians or whatever so for those that don't know mike is a huge comic nerd so let him nerd out it's for not, those that don't it's just like a astute observation okay but anyways it's still a comic book right it's anyways mike is a comic book nerd so let him nerd out oh. if you don't like mike nerding out well you know this isn't this isn't, this isn't for you to listen this isn't to me nerding out. this is me saying okay i've seen this scenario put in movies or anything like before like choose between this and that it's not only like that complicated. Okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to put you down or anything. But I'm just saying, for those that don't want to hear, because I've got. I've some. Some people have told me they don't like hearing stuff about anime. There's people out there that don't want to hear about it or just comment. Who, who are these people? I'd rather not say. We'll we'll talk about it off air because I'd rather not talk about it right now. Get the needle square up. <laughs> but well, they can take my place. If they want okay. To talk to it. But anyways, so this. So this is a versatile dilemma. It's basically about just moral, just your morality. It takes your morality into perspective. It's just you know, how do you make decisions? Do you do it ultimately based off of taking care of one person or taking care of five people? It's that's ultimately what the dilemma is about, and just. Just running down from this article from the conversation, just so the perspective, so just to put you guys into the perspective of what the trolley problem is, 
is imagine you are standing beside some tram tracks so like some railroad tracks in the distance you spot a runaway trolley hurtling down the tracks towards five workers who cannot hear it coming even if they do spot it they won't be able to move out of the way in time as the disaster looms you glance down and see a lever connected to the tracks you realize that if you pull the lever the tram the tracks will be diverted down the second set of tracks away from the five unsuspecting workers so what this does it allows us to think through the consequences of an action and consider whether its moral value is determined solely by its outcome so what so what this um so what many philosophers and what many psychologists have looked into is this there this leads into two schools of thoughts so one being consequentialism and one being utilitarianism for those that aren't familiar consequentialism is basically the doctrine that morality of an action is to be judged solely by its consequences so what in layman's terms what consequentialism is you look you look at an action based on what are the consequences of said action you want to touch on that mike uh i have actually a question about this for sure so is this like a three like three like answer thing like you could save five people not save save one person or just choose not to do anything i mean ultimately yes ultimately i guess that would be that would be a way of looking at it yet honestly i didn't honestly just reading through this i didn't even think of that option like you have ultimately the person that is in charge of pulling the lever in this scenario they ultimately don't have to pull the lever right i mean you don't have to do anything right exactly like this just has to touch on just a yeah. lot on people you know like if you're in that situation, right, let's let's just analyze this scenario, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in this scenario, there's five people, there's one person, and you're you're the only one that knows about this. Okay, but but the thing is, the thing is, so what the trolley problem is, so you basically it puts you in the scenario that you see a train coming down. There's five people. Well, basically, just what I read off of yeah, yeah, right probably. now. But there's five unsuspecting employees, as it says in the as it says in the text. There's five unsuspecting unsuspe- employees on the tracks. You see them. You have the ability to divert the train, and then what it get gets into. You divert the train into this one unsuspecting employee. Now the question is, what do you do? Do you do you save the five people, or do you save the one person? And I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but get back into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the moral, the moral thing to do would be to save the five people, right? But the thing is, like, also, are these strangers or people that you know? I mean, looking at what the dilemma. Put in, but see, that's putting, that's reading more into it. Well, that's just the thing. In decision, decisions in life, like this whole issue, 
always are multi-layered. They're mm-hmm. not always just black and white, like, oh, this or that. It's always multi-layered. Like, do you know those people? Or, like, do you know what's going to happen? Like, the consequences of what you do? Like, it's always multi-layered. So you can look at it at face value, say five people or say one person, but also what are the underlying things behind this decision, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is one of those people your boss on the other side? And you're like, oh, I guess his life isn't that much more valuable or whatever. But I guess that's just me kind of like... Well, that's... Well, I mean, you know, it. that's just... That's a dilemma, you know? You can always read into things face value and take them for what they are or you can read more into it but the thing is the thing is just the dilemma itself it's more of a it's a a more of a moral dilemma where you take things as face value because of course you can always look into things and put more effort into it and put more thought into it but you know that's not really what the thing is it's a more it's more of a versatile thing it's it's more of like one of those things where you can apply it to so many different areas of life and so many different areas of things. So are we in agreement that the moral right thing to do is to not kill the five people or like save the five people and let the one person die? Is that, is that the consensus here? Well, for me, for me, I would think five people's lives rule out the one person's life because that leaves more people to live. But that's not... That's not what the question is. That's not what it is. It's more of, it's more of, you know. So basically what this article is, there's, it groups it into two, two schools of thought. And like I mentioned, it's consequentialism, where, you know, you look at it based on the consequences. So, you know, you divert it, you kill one person. So you look at it through the lens of, we saves five people but you killed one person or the other school of thought is utilitarianism where it's like the actions are right if they are helpful or benefit a major a majority which is what me and you were talking what you talked about before i even mentioned it is about you know the consensus would be save the five people instead of the one person because it's more beneficial to saving the five people as to saving the one person sometimes things that are beneficial for the majority aren't the right thing to do no i understand that but that's that's more of like where this dilemma comes about yeah so i think context is always key with with every decision that's what i'm saying like yeah you can take it at face value that you're saving five people and not one person or whatever but what are the underlying issues here like let's switch the scenario right let's talk about something that's kind of like extremely controversial like you know slavery how many how many slaves versus how the economy was actually run right you have so many slaves but the population of course is a lot bigger than that group of people that are enslaved so beneficially people that are in this for the okay let me just let me no no i don't i don't want to cut you off but before anybody comes at us Mike is black. I'm not lying about this. Mike is a black guy. This is his perspective of Mike, a black person. Okay. So, based on this economy, right, it's built on slavery. Everyone is prospering because of that. So, taking those away is going to hurt the majority in the short term. But it's the right thing to do morally because slavery... Okay. 
See, mo- see, saying things like morally has to do more on the person than it has to do with what's right. But that's the thing. Like everything is, everything has a moral compass when it comes to like decisions. So like even this five versus one thing is still at the end of the day, depending on whoever's pulling the lever. It's their own morals that they're going to decide. Okay, see, but then that leads up to discussion about this whole slavery talk. It's about what is... Because can we not agree that enslaving a whole... What is it? Like a whole race and a whole... Or what people are see themselves as, the African-Americans. Yeah. Could we not... Uh, do we not look at it and agree... That's atrocious. What they went through and what they were put through. Do we not agree that that's horrible? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the consensus, but we also have to remember that, like, this isn't something that was new. This isn't something that was like, oh, this particular group of people just decided that slave is one. This is something that was going on for like the beginning of time. You know, like more technologically advanced people would, of course, prey or enslave the lesser. You know, well, not technologically yes. advanced. Okay, like okay, let's look at another group of like slave versus like masters or whatever. Ancient Egypt and the Israelites or Jews, however you want to say it. Egypt was the power, at, like the top power in the world. Their most technologically advanced. Their society was extremely advanced ahead of everyone else, and they had slaves. And the slaves that they had were nations or groups of people that were not at their level. So it becomes a, a thing, like a mental, I guess, concept that because you're technology advanced and that you're ahead of the curve, so to speak, that you are, in, are the people that you're enslaving are inferior to you. That's how they morally justify it is that, oh, well, they're not us because they are this or that and we're able to do this and they're down here. That's the moral justification for it. Mm-hmm. But the thing isn't, isn't then... You putting them down and putting yourself above them, isn't that not putting people at the same level? Like, well, you're not elevating people. I'm not people. saying that it's right. I'm just saying that's the moral justification for it because, as I said, every decision you make is based on your morals. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a moral justification. Yes. It's more of the justification. Okay. Because it's more of, it's more of people are coming into agreement. Yeah, that but, I don't I don't think I think morality doesn't come into play here. Okay. It's more of justification for it. Because this is, this is the exact argument with like vegans and stuff, right? People that eat meat or eat animals, they feel the animals' lives are inferior to theirs. That like, okay, we're the dominant species, they're inferior, so we can eat them. Like we're they're prey to us. That's basically the that's that's the whole concept right there. But but see, that's not that's not how I view it. That's how I see it because like uh, any like most people are morally sound. Like, they know right from wrong based on like how they're raised or whatever, or like based on their surroundings. So to enslave someone, you have to be there's like propaganda. There's also like indoctrinating of things that will make you feel that the person that you're doing this to is less human than you. So this it, this goes with anything in, in wars, in anything they always try to dehumanize the opposition, well, so that people can morally think, okay, well this is right because they're not at my level and they're technically not human. 
Like, exactly. Because if you think about it in the aspect, just to, just to talk about how the aspect of war, just do you think, like, just talking about war, if you see the enemy, like, I've heard this in, I don't know where exactly, but if you see the enemy as human, you start humanizing them. You don't see them as the enemy. You see them more as they're just a regular person like I am fighting for what they believe in. And it's more of like, you no longer see, you no longer see a reason to fight this person because both of you guys are fighting for ultimately what you guys both believe in is right. Well, there's, there's also two sides to this, right? There's people that are indoctrinated into this like hate, hateful, whatever, like this thought of them being superior. There's also people that initiate it based on their past experiences. So like people are prejudiced for diff- different reasons. Sometimes it's like, you know, generational and other times it's because of, oh, I had a bad experience with this person or, or you know, this particular group of people. And so you let that fester over time and it becomes like a thing. And that's like, look at people throughout history like Hitler or whoever like their their hatred of a certain group of people stemmed from a incident or a you know something that what was instilled in them basically well, well for some people it's not instilled in them it's something that's learned over time based on their experience like say you're a minority right mm-hmm. you're black you live in a you know white community right and you're treated in a certain way you're raised from birth treated less than your opinion of them is going to be based on how they treat you so it's not a it's not a look at the whole race it's the look at a small group of people that have treated you wrong or whatever so your view of them is like okay they did this they're all like this that's what builds stereotypes yeah stereotypes but also like that's like there's two sides to it like okay there's people that are instilled in this over generations like okay my parents taught me this way or that my grandparents were like we don't talk to those people and then there's also you know people that are raised in an environment where they might have been wrong it's not so much a racial thing it's just the fact that it's just a part of their environment so that's the cycle you know it starts at you know how people are treated and then it goes down to okay i was treated wrongly by this group of people I'm going to tell my kids to stay away from them and this, these people are this. And these things at a young age just get picked up like so easily. So yeah, to break it down, it's always a moral decision when it comes to anything. Anything that's, like, anything that's always a moral decision based on your own morals. Okay, I understand that. But then that brings into question how do people raise, how do people build their morals and then how do people evolve on those then set morals it's just well it's also about being close-minded so like let's take this race thing for a second if someone is raised racist and they feel this way based on their experience or like based on what they're told as a young person but you know they branch out they open up their circle they start meeting new people they start going to other places in the world they can change based on okay this was an isolated event or this was something that happened to me in a vacuum like this isn't a race thing or this isn't like you know stereotype or whatever it's like okay these people were such a way to me because of this or that and not this whole race is like that but you know that of course takes you being able to accept learning and growing as a person so that has to do so 
Yeah, that, I would say that ultimately yeah, this you, whole dilemma is about just ultimately if the person just based off of you know their past experiences their growth as a person you just they take so many things into account yeah you just i mean you can't expect everyone to be so open-minded to start especially like generally. or you can't expect people to be open-minded because some people some people aren't open-minded this is why this is why in my opinion the golden rule is the most important rule to instill in your child what would be that? What would be Golden the other rule? Is treat people how you want to be treated. But see, that's a little. That's I would say that's a lot easier said than done because no, it's, it's, not, it's not a lot easier said than done. Yeah, I, I okay, but it's, just, it's a it's, lot easier said than done because it's like you can't really because if I punch you, but you can't punch me back. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, no, 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 no. But just, just, just stick with me here. Okay. If I punch you, but you can't punch me back, I ultimately don't know how you feel from me punching you. What? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> okay. Okay. If uh, you punch me, right? Uh huh. Like unprovoked. Let's say you just walk. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. no. I'm not. I'm not saying think. Of, don't think of it at anything else or in the grand scheme of things. Just say this is this is what is happening. I can punch you. But you ultimately can't I punch can me back. I definitely punch you back. Oh my god. That's not what I'm saying. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to put it into the simplest terms that there are. Are you saying that based on the golden rule, if I punch, are you punching no, me? No, no, no. Based, no, what you're saying, I'm saying based off of your golden rule, which is don't do what other, don't do things to other people that you don't want to happen to you back. And I'm ultimately, my rebuttal to that is some people don't understand what it's like to go through something if they're not put through something. And that's what ultimately leads, leads me to my point is if I punch you, but you can't punch me back, I don't understand what it's like to be punched. So I can punch you for as, for as much as I want as hard as I want, but you ultimately can't hit me back. It's not until you punch me that I understand, oh, this is how that person feels. And that's what I'm trying to get at. So so basically what you're saying is, there's just like, in this world of just punching people, the person that's punching doesn't know how it feels to be punched. Yes, yes, because then that person ultimately has never felt what the other person is feeling but there's no this is just like a mechanical thing it's not like a there's no reason you're punching me my god damn it dude i'm just why do you always have to put it i'm just saying what we're talking about is taking this at face value face value is i'm punching you but you can't punch me back at face value if this is then i revert to the law of the jungle which is survival of the fittest. Oh my so god. I'm not saying I'm these these are the two rules that I, I live by, right? Treat people how you want to be treated, but also it's survival of the fittest. I know right? I understand that. So yeah. I treat people how I want to be treated, but I'm also not gonna just be a pushover. Like No, I understand see I was never talking about being a pushover. What I was trying to say is I get what you're trying to say, like Do you really? Yeah, you're basically saying that you could you apply this to anything, like Treat how people are treated, like things you do, you can't really see how it affects other people until it's done to you. Exactly, and that's what I'm trying to say. 
that's where you're that's where you're that's also not true because you can also see the effects of what you do have on other people like see but i feel like i feel like that has to do more with sympathy and empathy like no no no, because let me let me get to it sympathy is oh my god i forget the definition of it empathy is feeling what another person is sympathy is more of you see and you understand it but you don't feel it yeah but we perceive things based on our own understanding of like how the world works so for example in your punching theory right let's mm-hmm. say there's a whole group of people that are punching these other group of people but they don't know how it feels to be punched oh. they can definitely see what the effects that they do by punching someone has to someone else so they know what they're doing it's not like they're just punching people to punch people it's about it's like they're punching people and they see the effect of it. So mm-hmm. they don't need to feel it to understand that it hurts. <laughs> okay. Like, you could, like, if you see someone put their hand on a hot stove, right? You're watching. You see them pull their hand back. Oh, that probably hurt. Would you go and try that too? No. That's but... not, you don't need to experience something to know that this is wrong or this is going to hurt me. It's a it's more, it, as I said, it's always a moral decision. If you're going to punch someone or you're going to do anything, it's based on your morals. You don't, even if it's like a clean slate, there, there's no decision that you can make that isn't a moral decision based on you, how you're raised and how you go through your life. That's just how humans are. We're not, there's no, there's no code in our bodies like animals. We're not animals in that sense that we like do things based on instinct. We do things based on learned habits or habits and, and like learned behaviors and things that we're taught. You know, if you look, Take a blank say little baby, right? Mm-hmm. A baby, even babies, do things based on results. So they cry, they know that they'll get attention, or they know that they're going to get something. So what do they do? They cry. It's a learned behavior. It's not something that's like, it's just, we're just, that's not our intelligent level. We do things based on what we know will happen, or what we know is going to be the outcome. We're a species that's basically about learning you grow as a person you grow and you you, everything you do is a learning experience and you learn therefore from it yeah so i what i'm trying to say is like even by animals like animals that hunt other animals or do anything these are learned behaviors but they're instinctual because you know their mental capacity is not at our level so like oh tigers hunt deer or whatever because they know instinctively that this is easy prey they're not just doing it to try it it's like you know whatever ancestor of theirs did it and it's something that's instinctually ingrained in them and they're not and therefore they're not gonna go after something they know they can't take down or that's something that's gonna be a challenge because it's like why would you put yourself through the risk of it where you therefore lose your life. Why would you go through something like that? Yeah, and then, I mean, that's just one way of looking at it. As, as I said, it's always a moral decision. So it comes down to, it's back to this trolley problem, say five or one person, it becomes it comes down to your moral decision or, like, your moral compass. Like, you could be, like, a person that's so indifferent or so detached that you're like, hey, you know what? I see this happening, but this isn't my problem. And there's nothing wrong with that either, because is then, that, or do you have a moral responsibility to try to do something if you know? I guess like how I was raised at least is, 
you know, if you know something is wrong or if you know something is like whatever and you don't do it, you're still responsible for it. Yeah, that's what's called. I forget what it is. It's like if you saw someone getting raped and you didn't do anything, like, okay, that's none of my business. I know, I know legally, I know legally, I forget what it's called. It's called like the bystander. It's something, it's like the, I know basically if you're a bystander to something, you can then be charged legally for it. Yeah, if you don't do anything about it. Yeah, no, I, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying everything legally you can be charged for or anything. I'm just saying in the terms of, in terms of the law, basically, basically being a bystander in this whole scenario is you you would be charged because you saw it. Is it you, like involuntary manslaughter or something like that? I mean, I'm not trying to get into specifics of it. I, I'm not too sure. I don't know the law too well, but I'm pretty sure you would get hit with something. They'd find something on you. But basically, it just leads to you're a bystander you had the ability to do something but you still chose not to do anything especially if that one thing doesn't risk anything to you it's basically like you had a choice to save people or not save people whatever and you just chose not to do anything and it doesn't affect you either way exactly because you can still then go about but i feel like and you can still, some people, like, not to say everybody can go about their day, but you know, some people, they can just not, they can go about their day and it's more. That's like a suppressed conscience, though. Yeah, th- there's a lot of things that, you know, your mind does that you aren't fully yeah, like, aware of. Basically, let's say, if you didn't do this, no one would ever find out either way. It's strictly a, a decision that you understand and, you know, based on whatever, no one's going to know if you didn't do it or not. Which talks, it, this leads into like the age old question. If you cut down, a, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, did it really even fall? Well, I mean, you'll know it fell. Right? I know, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, no, 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 if right now we're talking about a tree that fell. Yeah. How do we know it really fell over? It just, but you know. Based on if it's fell over or not? I, I don't fucking, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I never liked that question simply because. If it's fallen over, you know it's fallen over. Yeah, like, you know, at some point you're gonna pass by or someone's gonna see it. Even if they don't see it, you know, it still happened. But the thing, I guess, if it decays before you even get there, no. you wouldn't even know. I mean, you would I, still see the remnants of it. You would still see a, you'd still see a trunk. You well, would still see a trunk missing a huge. Just because that's like saying, okay, there's an earthquake in Japan that killed a whole bunch of people. And let's say we didn't have social media or anything. It still happened. You just don't have any knowledge of it. It's not like things don't happen if you're not around. They just don't affect you personally. It still still happens. <laughs> like, if an asteroid hits the other side of the Earth and you don't see it, it still, it still happened. <laughs> I guess. But, I mean, anyways. I never liked that question. It never made any sense to me. It's like... You know, it's cause and effect. If something happens, it happens. You, the world does not revolve around you. It's like you well, revolve I mean, around. You're with the world, and you're like revolving with. No, it. Mike, you're the main character of your own story. Don't let every maybe, don't let but, don't let Mike ever tell you that. Maybe, but things still happen with, with or without you. Yeah, I know things do happen, but it's like if it doesn't come. If I were to say, oh, this happened in my life, but I don't personally tell you, 
would you have ever known it happened? Would you... I mean, my knowledge of it doesn't change the fact that it happened. No, I understand that, but then knowing about it, then you know it happened. So now it's ingrained in your mind. Oh, this happened. I guess. Right. Anyways, that's not. That's not. That's not. Anyway, that doesn't even have to do anything with this. But I mean, another part of this whole trolley dilemma is basically about there's a whole another scenario to it okay there's a second layer to it second layer yes yes there's a first layer which is now you can pull the trolley and like control and divert it and do or not do anything now the second variation is you are standing on a bridge above the tracks you can see the runaway trolley hurling towards the five unsuspecting workers but there's no but now there's no lever to divert it okay but so basically the out of your hands? No, 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 no 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 the decision isn't ultimately out of your hands but now think of it in terms of there's no lever to divert it okay. but now now it's it kind of the wording on this is kind of weird but i guess it's like there's this guy that's fat enough to stop the tracks. I don't know how. I, I don't know what kind of fucking train this is. Wait, what? Okay, Mike, Mike, Mike. Let me just tell you. Okay, so it says in the article, however, a large man is standing next to you on the bridge. You're confident that his bulk would stop the train in the tracks. In its tracks. It, it, okay. Oh my god. Realistically, this would not happen because there's no way you're stopping a train. Do you know how tr fast trains move? Okay, have... let's assume that this guy is like yes, yes, Mike. Or something. That's that's exactly what this is saying. Okay. It's not. It's not realistically he's putting. It's not a rock. He's an actual human being. That's yes, human yes. Okay. But you you have the ability to then push this person that's big enough to stop the tracks. Would you then push that person to... Would you then sacrifice the life of this one human being, this one person, to stop, to save the lives of five people? That's no, the question. I wouldn't do that. So then you would be a that's, bystander... No, that's just... Okay, that's a completely different decision based on the lever thing. Because the lever thing, yes, you might be killing one person, but you're saving five people in an instance of... It's either or. The, the big guy, he's not going to get hit regardless. Mm -hmm. You're putting him in a situation where he had no business. Okay. So it's like you're, you're basically you're, you're taking a, a problem to, to solve something and you're dragging bystanders in yourself. So it's like you're not even being selfless at that point. It's being... You're asserting you yourself. What is even the point? Like at that point... It's you just let the five people die because this other person that you brought up that's standing next to you or whatever has nothing to do with this. You're you know? asserting, you're inserting this person into the situation that has nothing to do with you guys. Yeah. It's like most people would watch a car crash, but they wouldn't do anything to help it, right? No. I'm not, it's not that. It's just you wouldn't throw another human being to save other people. What? That's just like, because that, that, this fucks with your whole moral compass again because, like, where are even your morals at that point? It's like, yeah, five people are gonna die, but you're gonna commit actual murder to save five people? 
Like, this isn't like a, a matter of pick and cho- choose. It's a matter of, I like those five people more than you, but their, their lives are worth more than you, and I'm going to push you into the situation. Okay, but in the, t- in the context, into the second scenario, so you have the ability. Okay, since you don't like to look at things surface value, the five most important people in your life. Then absolutely. Okay, see how, see how fast your morals change. Yeah, because it's because based, it's based on my own my moral compass, and people in my life are gonna be way more important than a stranger. Okay, but see, if you look, see that's where it comes into question these whole two schools of thought, which is consequentialism and utilitarianism. Which is, if you look at it through the through the lens of consequentialism you are then sacrificing you sacrifice this one person's life but ultimately you rule it out as that one person is saving the five lives of the people most important to you well at that point in my my own mind their life doesn't matter exactly see but that's that plays a lot into how you look into this whole dilemma is you know Who's ultimately on the track? Is it five people I don't know or okay, care? Okay, if are strangers, and I'm a stranger myself, and it's just a moral decision, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't push that person onto the track because that's just not, in my opinion, that's not the moral thing to do. But in a scenario where those are the most five, like five most important people in your life, I think 99% of people would do it because at the end of the day, it's you know this is something that's gonna affect not only your life but the people around your life as well and that's really your world right there like yeah there's the grand scheme of things there's the whole world and like everyone as a whole but everyone lives in their own bubble so if something's gonna affect your bubble you know it becomes a whole nother layer to it exactly but the thing is the thing is see how fast you were to change things how at first no, no 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 i'm just saying at first you were all i'm not gonna push this person because you know why would i then insert this person into a dilemma that they had both of us are bystanders to something that we can't stop but then all of a sudden as soon as you change it into it's the five most important people in your life then then all of a sudden you do everything in your might to stop it yeah because at that point you're not only fighting you're you're fighting for a piece of you too it's not just about your five friends or whatever it's like you know if you're extremely attached to people they're part of your life and they become part of you so it's like at the end of the day it went back to the law of the jungle it's survival of the fittest and it's like it's me or you Mm -hmm. so that's not even like a decision based on like strangers that's like that's a me and you decision and I pick me over you I feel like media or like people will try to like paint like oh be selfless and be and you only get you only get one guarantee you only get one guaranteed life whether you believe in religion or anything you're really only guaranteed like for sure that like once you're born you're only guaranteed that one life that you know of and you shouldn't try to like make other people happy or try to like i don't know improve other people's lives if the de- at the detriment of your own and everyone around you. 
Because ultimately, you are the most important person to yourself. I know that goes without saying, like, you're the most important person to yourself. But, you know, some people put other people above themselves. Well, but they, ultimately, at the, it's, that's a double-sided question. Because, yes, you do put people in front of you in certain instances. But there's, there's situations where you can't do that because, at the end of the day, you have to live this life. Now, sure, there might be more people will be like, well, I'm so morally sound or whatever that... You know, I wouldn't do it, and like, I wouldn't want to put someone through that pain because there's people in their lives. Sure, you can have an understanding, but I know by my own mental health and the way I live that I couldn't do that because at the end of the day, I have to live with that, and they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, you're saving them from that grief, but I don't want to go through that grief. But I mean, ultimately, in this whole thing of grand scheme of life, we ultimately. As much as people want to think they're in control of their own lives, life is uncontrollable. So many things can happen that are out of your control. You don't control every instance in your life. You may feel like you have an inch of, what is it, an inch of control over your life, but ultimately everything's out of your control. You can't control every scenario. You can't go out of, you can't go out anywhere. And expect everything to go the way you want it to be. Ultimately, we're just reactionary people. We react to what our environment is. We react to things that happen around us and things that happen in our lives. We can't control every instance of our lives. Yeah. I mean, I think you need to try to overcomplicate your life or like your existence in the universe. It becomes more of like a, you know, I don't know, like. It's 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 too much to think about because I mean at the end of the day, you're a speck on a floating rock spinning through space at millions of miles per hour and endless void. But see, so if your, you were... your decision, even though it's so huge to you, in the grand scheme of things, in the entire universe, is literally so minuscule. Well, if you want to look at it in the bigger scope of things, how big things are and how how why the universe is of course you're gonna of course you're gonna see yourself as minuscule but that's the thing if it's so minuscule and the universe is so big but this is your life why not just take care of your own right exactly at the end of the day you know you kill this person or whatever to save your friends the universe goes on everything's you know whatever you could save them or not whatever it's still things are still gonna go the same it it's, it's just how the universe works. It's not like you're picking your friends over the entire universe. It's like a small little whatever. Some people's lives compared to the five most important people in your life. And just to play devil's advocate, like thinking about this dilemma and just grow, like these or, past few these past few years that I've been growing up, just, you know, trying to be open-minded, I look at people that are, what i would say in air quotes is racist or what well yeah i guess they would be racist or here's here's a here's a interesting little theory that i didn't think about or would you choose that if you're so morally sound that you don't want to sacrifice a person and you don't want to live without those people do you then kill yourself with those people i well shit i mean then, at that but, point but see why for everybody it's but, like you don't have to live with the moral... You don't have to live with any of the consequences. It's over. 
But okay, see that's a whole different perspective of looking at it. Yeah, but they, the thing they is, the thing is, the thing is, if you're in control of this, okay. But just to talk about, just to bring a new perspective, since we're bringing new perspectives into it, would the five most hated people in your life? Mm-hmm. You have the ability to kill those five people, or you can kill this one person. Actually, no, actually. If that's the case, if it's the five most hated people in my life, the people that just I don't like, and saving one person... No, 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 saving saving the one person that's the dearest to you in your life, the one person you care about the most. I mean, is this even a question? Well, I mean, I mean, morally, if we're talking about morally... But that's a case-by-case basis. Yes, those are the most hated people in your life. Uh-huh. But in somebody else's life, they're probably the most important. Okay, but so, see, you now, now we're getting into, now we're getting into this person that you are, these people that you are letting die, they mean something to other people, while to you they're just strangers. To other people, they mean they may mean the world. How do you then justify killing one person as to killing five? Okay. Even the most deranged and psychopathic people are loved. These these kids that go around and do school shootings, right? They I'm still. Sh- are I'm pretty st- sure their parents still care about them. I'm well, pretty I mean, sure they, you know, at some point they were loved. So it's not a matter. It's not a matter of like. That's not even. A, it's not even a moral thing anymore. It's just a matter of your knowledge of the situation and knowing. Yeah, people might miss them, but the world might be better off without them. Well, see, that's that's your way of looking at it. That's not even my way of looking at it. Like, because because ultimately, ultimately, if you look at it through the lens of the law, the law isn't black and white. The law is as you as we were talking about. It's case by case. You want to look into context okay, of things. Are we looking at the law as in a structure of government or the law within ourselves? Well, that's that's where that's where things get a little more hazy because it's it's just ultimately do you do you then act on the law of yourself where you want to ultimately be benefit more people or do you want to then look at it through the lens of are both a factor or it's just just like the law within ourselves i would say these act outside of you but within you, you then have the ability to choose: Do I act on my own moral compass, or do I act on what's what's seen by other people no, as I guess right? What I'm trying to say is, in this universe, or the tro- this whole trolley thing, are these real world consequences that will affect me, and like there's like you know laws, whatever. This is like a structural thing, or is it just like this universe is based on my own moral compass and how I view things? And there's no outside influence. Before I get to that, I just want to get into this article by The Guardian where it says that, you know, that, you know, we our moral intuitions involved to make us good social partners. So from a young age, we learned that violence towards other people is typically punished. What you were talking about, how we see... We see hurting other people or things that hurt other people are seen as bad. 
and that there's evidence that people strongly distrust those who use others as a means to an end and our moral intuition seems to prove this principle so as you were saying that how if you pull pulling the lever and pushing pushing somebody to save other people are two completely different things because in the first dilemma you have to make a choice you have to either save these five people or save this one person or ultimately you don't do anything and you just let it play out or in the second dilemma do you then push this person to stop the five to save the five people's lives and that's where i think it has to do a lot with um what parts of um what parts of our brain are being well this then leads into what parts of our brain are being activated because through the first um through the first part where you then have the ability to pull the trolley to then kill one person or kill five people it it activates our our logistics so basically our rational thinking way of thinking where you know do i save these five people or do i save this one person you know you have to think about it rationally do i care about this one person do i care about these five people where then you are where in the second dilemma you're pushing the bystander it it has to do with our emotional sense of our brains it's you know do we feel differently about killing one person to save five people? Here's, here's the thing, though. In most cases, you know, people might have some emotional restraint, but emotion always trumps your morals. Usually, in the moment. Like, sure, after the fact, you might say, oh, that wasn't the right thing to do, but most people, you know, that aren't, like, super self, like, have self-control, their emotions, especially in high-intense situations, are the decision makers and not their moral compass. Well, yeah, because we are we are beings of emotions. We're yeah, so like at that point, you know, yeah, sure, morally it might not be the right thing to do, but, you know, if it's reactionary and you comprehend it in that short amount of time, you're probably going to just, like, kill that person and save your friends or whatever. Exactly. So, I don't know. It is what it is. I said, like, it's all about how you're raised, your moral compass. It's a per- it's a case-by-case basis because not everyone's the same. Everyone's different. Everyone has a different life. They have their own life story. You know, and that we're all interested in our own ways. And we all come to different conclusions based on our own understanding of life. So, you know, even, like, me and you, we, we have a lot in common, but we, we have a lot of different opinions on how things are, what's right and wrong. Like, sure, we have some of the, like, people probably think murder is wrong. Like, can't kill anyone. But at the end of the day, everyone's moral compass is different. So as I keep saying, it's a moral decision. It's always going to be a moral decision. And it's, it's a case-by-case basis. There's no definite... Because if you... This is the way... I guess the best way I can describe it. If we are all equal... There should be no one to tell me that it's my equal what is right and wrong. That's like 
you know, other children don't tell other children what's right and wrong. It's the adults that tell the children because they are more experienced. They are the superior in that instance, right? So then... from, from a moral standpoint, they're more superior. But if we're the same age, you know, we've gone through life, whatever, you can't tell me what to do because we're on the same level. And it just becomes a who's right and wrong here. It's just like we're on the same level age-wise, maturity, whatever, but we might have different views on something. There's no right or wrong answer there because it, it washes itself because we're at the same level. So what you're trying to say... No man should tell another man what to do. So to just to just speculate on what you're saying, to play devil's advocate, n- nobody... You know how everybody says everybody's equal? Yes. And how everybody's fighting to make an equal footing for things in the world? So then, to be controversial, what you're saying is... There's never going to be a world where everybody is equal because... In a world where everything is equal, no one will be telling anyone what to do because we're all equal. It's like there's always a hierarchy when it comes to laws or things that we're told based on seniority or like, you know, power or whatever. So if you take all that away and it's just you and me sitting in an empty space, there's no right or wrong answer there because we're on the same level, we're equal. It just comes down to our own personal thing. It's our own personal moral thing. It's not a there's no there's no level that's above us in this instance that it's like okay guys, well Christians right because such and such because there's no outside influence. It's just me and you. So there's no right or wrong in that space because it, who 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 determines that? Who who's the person that says what's right and wrong in an instance where you're equal? If someone says it, then they're saying that they're 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 superior to you. You heard it here first, guys. Mike's controversial take. That's not a controversial take. The first. Let me get to it. You heard it here first. Mike's controversial take. There's always gonna be a hierarchy. No matter. Nobody's ever gonna be equal. We're never gonna have a world where everybody is on equal footing. In a world where everyone's equal, no one would be telling anyone what to do. There like, would, would okay 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 so then so then what you're saying is nobody would be telling anybody what to do so then on the other foot wouldn't that then lead to anarchy because you know everybody's on equal footing so how who are you to tell me that if i murder somebody we're all equal i don't know where i was going with that i, I get what you're trying to say but that also circles back to my golden rule thing like if we're looking at humans in a life cycle, right? You're born into this world, you're taught by your parents, and then you die, whatever. You then you pass on that knowledge or whatever to your offspring or to whoever in your life, right? So in that instance, if everyone was taught like right from wrong as far as like treat people how you want to be treated, well that's it's so simple, but it's so deep at the same time, because that small indicator in your head determines all your decisions it doesn't become just about like whatever like right or wrong or anything it's just hey you know what i would like two slices of pizza so if i like two slices of pizza i know that christian would like two slices of pizza and then what's to say i want one slice of pizza well i'm just saying like 
me knowing what I want doesn't mean somebody to you is me saying or, or me kind of like um what's the terminology I'm looking for here? It's I'm not cheating you or like anything. I'm just treating you as my equal because I you as my equal, right? So then I'm not cheating you out and saying, Hey, well, I'm a little bigger than Christian. I'm a I'm gonna cut his slices in half or something. Now where if we're equal and I treat people how I wanna be treated, then I would be, okay, four slices, I get two, I, you get two, because this is how I would want to be treated. Now sure you might want three or whatever, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just going based on what I feel what I would want mm-hmm. for whatever. You can feel however you want to feel, but as long as my intentions are you know, pure and what I would want for myself, that's the right thing to do. But see, that's where this whole dilemma comes into, plays a whole part because what one person, our takes on this could be completely different to what other people think. And I think that's what makes this such a universal, this what makes it such a universal issue because it's like, it's not that complicated though. Is it really? Because, because then if you go into asking other people, would you save one person or would you save five? See, other people would say, you know, I would save that one person or I would save that five people. We don't live in a vacuum where everything is the same or we, we can then say with complete, complete certainty that everybody in the world is going to think the exact same way of thinking of you well but, that's a given right like people are going to think the same as you mm-hmm. but universally you know you're going to know what you want and most people are going to want what you want too but see like if i if i want money i want money you want money right yeah but that's just so if i want something i know you already want it but see if you then but see the thing is if you then come from money then how do you value money the same as somebody else that say has worked their whole life to gain this money it's different you you gauge money differently because you grew that's, up that's your own value on it though but it's that's money what money it's i know money. i understand that mike but i i understand that that there's that ultimately this one thing such as money has the same it doesn't lose value just because one person came from it and one person worked for it. Yeah, this also kind of brings into another fable, I guess. The person, or I guess, if you ever, like, the Bible or anything, there's this uh, example, at least we're talking about money here. Um, there's these rich people that donate a small amount of money, you know, maybe it's a lot, you know, to us, like, say, someone's a billionaire, right, and they mm-hmm. donate $30,000 or something. That's a lot of money for us. Yeah. But that's not a lot of money to them. Okay. So how does it equal the same? Well, let's say I only had $2 and I gave half of what I had to you. Like I'm giving you my other dollar. That's not a lot of money, right? It's a dollar. But uh-huh. for me, that's a lot of money because that's all I have. I understand that. So but- if you take that, you could have $10,000, you could have $1 or 50 cents or whatever. It's all about how you equal it out. It's like, if I gave you a penny out of those $2, that's nothing, right? It's, it's nothing. But just it's, it's the same. If I'm a millionaire and I donate a small amount of money, it might be a lot to a poor person. It's not a lot to me. 
So in order for it to be equal, you would have to then give, you know, the equivalent to that other person for it to be equal. But see, that's my that's my thing. What you were saying originally was that money is money. Yeah. But see, but see, see, my, 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 but let me just say, let me just say, if I give a dollar and you're broke, you only have two dollars, you give one dollar. Okay. You give one dollar, okay? This, you gave one dollar. Yeah. Me, I'm a millionaire. I put in a dollar. How does then that, remember how you were saying how money is money and that if you look at it in the scope of it's money, then you gave a dollar. I gave a dollar. We're, we gave equally the same amount of money. But it's how would you feel about giving a dollar if you're a millionaire versus how I would feel? But see, the thing is, the thing is, Mike, you were saying how money is money. So you gave a dollar, I gave a dollar. Yeah, I'm we gave, money is money. No, 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 I understand that. But you just said that money is money. You gave a dollar, I give a dollar. How is then just because you're broke and I'm rich... I should then give the equivalent of half my money because you have $2, right? And I have a million dollars. I then have to give more money than you just because you don't have the same amount of wealth I do? It's How does that make things fair? It makes it fair because I'm giving up half of my life and you're not. But see, then, but see, that's, that's all contextual, right? It's not contextual. It's, it's black and white. It's if I give up half of my money, right, and we're supposed to be equals, we might not be on the same social status and financial status, but if I'm treating you as my equal, I'm poor, I'm saying, I'm giving you half of my money, you know, this is all I got, I'm giving you half, you know, whatever. Okay. You're like, all right, I'll, I'll give you a dollar too. You're not morally doing the same thing. It's- but see, but, okay, okay, okay. We we go out to dinner together. Uh-huh. We are we say we say, oh, you know, we order the same amount of food. We both get the same and then we're like, okay, we'll pay we'll pay together. You still have two dollars. You're like, oh man, I only have a dollar. But then I still have to give up more money to you. How is that fair to me? That's a whole other concept because in that instance, I'm going out to eat knowing that I have two dollars and oh then spending more money than I know I have. And that's me assuming that you're gonna pay for me. Okay, but see my Because no sensible person, if they're by themselves, right, and they have two dollars, is gonna go to a place for a sandwich for five dollars and be like, Hey, let me get that sandwich knowing they only have two dollars. Okay, but that's So that's a whole other that's but... a whole other psychological level to it because then you're assuming Hey, my rich friend's here. He, it's not gonna hurt him. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we're both equals. I'm equally giving my part. Like this is all that I can give, right? Mm-hmm. You would do the same. You're not gonna match me. You would be like, okay, that's all he can do, but he's doing his best. So I'm gonna do my best. So what would that be? Would that be your moral obligation or what? That's just right. That's just okay. Based on, even based on like how you pay taxes, right? We all pay taxes, some pay more than others, based on our salaries and how much we make. We don't pay the same as, you know, Jeff Bezos because we don't make as much as him. But it still affects us the same way, or it should still affect us the same way because we should all be equal on that on that field. It shouldn't be, 
I pay, you know, a thousand and then Jeff Bezos pays a thousand. That's not right. I know, but because that's hurting me way more than it's hurting him. It's like me paying a penny and you're paying a dollar. We're but, still broke, but it's so much more than what I'm paying. But that's that's the that's where it brings into just all these different schools of thought. It's not a school of thought. It's just it's just what's right and wrong. <laughs> but see, Mike, that's where that's where I'm trying to say. That's where I bring about this whole trolley dilemma because we all don't mike we aren't under your rule bro okay we're not we, under my rule but yes we're... but you can't then impose oh you have to say five people because the five people are more important than the one person where then you can't say somebody else somewhere else in the world says i think one person is more important than those five people because you just can't you can't then say just because somebody thinks a different way than you makes him wrong. Yes, you can think that, but that doesn't ultimately make it right. Because what's to say what you think is morally right makes you then think of things differently? What makes you think your way of thinking is more correct than somebody else's way of thinking. I mean, that's a whole... Other, I don't know. It's just layers to it. And I just feel that, like, you know, everything kind of comes back to your own moral compass or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, most people know what's right from wrong. And they know based on how things affect them. Like, you know, it's, it's not really that complicated. But like, I'm not gonna do something like I'm morally not gonna do something to you that I know would hurt me because I know morally that like okay this person's gonna this is gonna hurt this person I wouldn't do this to myself why would I do it to them? But see the thing this whole conversation about just morals themselves how do we make morals how do we because everybody grows up differently. Everybody is raised differently. Nobody is raised the same way as somebody else in the world. They might, but that just makes them... That just more people have in common than they have differences with other people. I don't know. I, I just feel that like that golden rule just applies to however you're raised. You could be raised as, as a shithole and, and live like a horrible life, but you still want good things to happen to you, and you wouldn't... You wouldn't wish bad things upon yourself. So but I see, Mike, see, Mike, if you grow up getting abused and uh -huh. getting beat, yeah, and then you witness somebody getting treated to the utmost care, they are given everything, they are treated the best, wouldn't that then fester in you and make you upset? Like, what the fuck? Why are they getting everything their way, but I was then treated their... But see, but see, then their whole way of the whole way of just they see things is twisted because they see everything as bad and they get treated wrong. But then, be but then see the way you're saying is treat people how they would you would want them to be treated. If all you grow up is knowing all these negative things and toxic things. Wouldn't then you then want to impose that on other people? I don't think that makes any sense based on it's still 
however you're however you're raised, whether that be like horribly or good, you still know what feels good and what doesn't feel good. So but what if but you wouldn't, you wouldn't confuse you wouldn't say oh, you know I was raised and you know my parents used to like put me in the oven all the time and like you know fry me or some shit and then be like yeah that's what I'm gonna do to my kid because that's the right thing to do no one's gonna they'd be like that was horrible why you'd be asking the question of why did my parents do that it wouldn't be like oh that would be the right thing to do or this it it comes down to how you are affected by it and the way you feel about it. If something is making you feel good, then you'd want another person to feel that feeling too or whatever. You, would, you wouldn't then think, oh, this thing that's happening to me is bad and that's also happening to other people. You know, are you understand what I'm saying? I understand, but I'm saying if you grow up on something, you then begin to rationalize it for yourself. Maybe you start to rationalize it and maybe, you know, that's... But see, but, but you then begin to rationalize it, and then you then start to see it as something that's a normal occurrence, but and it's normal to you. Like abused as but see, no, Mike, but the thing is, do you really know about abuse in their cycle? Yeah, I Like, know, I it know, then okay. becomes part of you, and then you then start doing it to more and more people, and then it, the cycle continues. But even people that were abused and then become abusers... You know, if they get caught or something happens and there's an interview with them, they usually say, "Yeah, I know it was wrong." Do they really? Yeah, they'll they'll say, "Yeah, I know." But it was wrong, but see but that's, the thing. That's all I know. And like, but see the thing I is. Can't help it. But see the thing is. You don't see it as wrong until somebody else, somebody else, then steps into your situation and says, "Hey, that isn't okay. What they're doing to you." It's not until somebody else's perspective is then introduced to your perspective is where then you see hey you know maybe this is wrong maybe this this isn't okay for other people to do to somebody it's not until we don't live in a vacuum like i keep i just keep trying to say people don't live in a vacuum people live in so many different areas and so many different other things are just inputted into their life just you have to understand that the way you see something and the way somebody else sees something is never going to align. What we are meant as people is to take into other people's perspectives and build and help that to build our own perspectives and our own morals. And if we see something we don't like, we then input it into our lives. I guess, man. I, I guess if you want to break it down like that, and like how you're raised or whatever that's not i mean like but in, a, in a, a normal world where you're not you know but see what's to say what what who are you to say what's normal to somebody okay let's just say let's just break it down like this yeah people that are abused you know that's more of like a mental illness kind of thing that's not a like they're not like a normal person at that point, what do you, okay. they weren't able to develop to the point where they could like discern certain things, and so we can we consider that mental illness. So you don't we don't put them at the same level as us. What 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 would then give you the right to say that's a mental illness? What do you, what do you mean? Like why do you categorize it as just because you're traumatized, you then have a mental illness? Because that's what it is. What, okay, what is your definition of a mental illness then? 
Well, since you're throwing lo- that... there's definitely layers to it. There's, like, different kinds. Okay, but okay. If but... we're talking about just this particular thing, like, if you're raised horribly and, like, you're abused, it's a psychological thing, and it's not something that everyone else is going to go through because that's just how, that's how you were raised. It's, it's affects you, you personally. Like, everyone else is different. Like, me and you, we weren't abused as kids, right? Mm-hmm. So I can look to you as, like, even though you might be raised differently and you have different, I mean, slightly different morals, that we're equals and we're morally on the same level. Whereas someone that was, like, raised in a basement and, like, tortured their whole life, they're released as an adult, they're not, they're not, they're not on the same level as us. We can't then hold them accountable to the same things that happen, like, we hold ourselves to. Because all they ever known was living well, within that basement and well, what happens in those confines. Okay. But let me, let me put it like, let me give like a science fiction aspect of this, right? Let's say you traveled to the future. Okay. Right? You traveled like 200 years to the future. You know what you know now, right? Your morals, what you know about the universe, everything you know right now. You travel 200 years in the future, and everything is different. Should you then be held accountable based on just jumping right then and there to all the laws that everyone else is being held to there? Or should you then be taught what's right or what's going on within this whole social structure or whatever, and then based on your decision after the fact, then that's, that's what you're judged on. I, that's at least how I view it. Like, I feel like if someone's doing something unknowingly and, you know, they, whether they be hurting someone or anything and they, they don't know what they're doing and they don't understand the consequences, they shouldn't be held to the same standard as someone that does it intentionally knowing that what they're doing is wrong. But see, then... Okay. So then, just to go off of what you're saying, let's say vehicular manslaughter you run you intentionally run somebody over you okay you let's say i'm grown up raising raised just playing gta 5 my whole life or just gta my whole life and running over killing people i see that as normal how would you see that as normal okay and mike i understand there's just mechanics in this game where you get stars or whatever but just say I'm playing a mode where I have all these mods where all of that is disabled. I'm just grown. I'm just raised playing this mod where there's no consequences in this game. I run people over. I stab people. I blow people up. Whatever. Then I then grow up. Not to say video games. That's a whole other aspect of this. It's like, do video games then really affect you as a person? And I don't want to get into that. But I just want to say, in this certain instance, I'm just raised playing video games. Not to say video games affect people in real life, but in this instance, it does. It affects me. I'm just playing GTA. I run people over. I shoot, kill, stab, do whatever. Do the most inhumane things that we now see as inhumane but to this person playing that video game that's all they know that's so like all they see they're, let's, let's basically say you're from a gta world and you're transported to the real world is that what you're trying to say 
well, you're not transported. You then take what you see within this video game out into the real, so real world. Is the real world existing, or is it just your own perception of the world is only GTA? Yes, yes, that's ex the second, the latter of it. Where basically this whole perspective of the GTA world, you then bring that outside into the real world. Well, you no, no, no. no okay, let, let, I've let you talk enough. You, you then you like you were saying. How can you then hold somebody up to the same standard if they've grown up differently? Isn't that what you were just saying? Uh, well, okay. Let me give it to you. Let me give it to you like this. Just, just say it one more time for me so I can then build upon it, like where I'm trying to get to. Okay. GTA World, right? No, 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 no. Ignore that. Ignore that. What you were just saying about how you're in the future, how can then the old standards be compared to the new standards? Okay. Let's look at present day, for example, how we live in our society right now. Mm -hmm. We have cars, whatever. We know the laws of the world. We know that, you know, how cars work. Uh -huh. We know the consequences of doing certain things. Okay. Now, let's bring a caveman to the situation, put him in a car, and he's just transported immediately from his time period to ours. He's in a car. He runs people over. Okay. Is he to be held to the same standard as we are? Or is he to be held to a different standard? Like, yeah, it's wrong what he just did, but morally he didn't know what he was doing because he's not part of this. He's not part of this system, so he doesn't. He doesn't know what a car is. He doesn't know how how that works. He was just thrown in the situation. He, you know, it just happened. This is not even a decision that he was, you know, that was premeditated or anything. It's. It's, he just didn't understand that it wasn't okay to do that. Not even that. It's just a matter of, like, his knowledge is of his time. And, you know, of course, we know that this is wrong. Or we know that we can't do certain things. But you can't hold someone to the same standard that isn't at your level. But then, then see... It has to be... It has to then... Of course, you know, he probably still get in trouble. But there's there's layers to morality. It's like... If you know something's wrong, and you choose to do it anyway, knowing the consequences, knowing how it's going to affect other people, you're different from somebody that does something unknowingly. That's just... But see, then, how, in the eyes of the law, you are now prosecutor. In the eyes of the law, wh how would you then, if you let this one person go off, what's to say somebody else wouldn't use the same defense, or somebody else placed in the same situation, how would you then say, oh, just because this one person got away with it, how do you then prevent somebody, this people, instance happening how again? How do people get charged with the same crime, exact same, uh -huh. and get different sentences? Because, like, with anything, what, law, what the law should take into account is context. Yes, context, context and circumstances. Exactly. Context and circumstances. Everything is circumstantial. Just because you do one thing, you don't take into context why this happened, why you were placed in this situation. And I just think at this point, Mike, we are about... We're, we're really deep into this. We're an hour and a half in. I just want to think... I just... What are your closing thoughts? Because I think we've we thoroughly touched uh, upon this morality. I think I, I mean 
you can think however you want to think, but at least my opinion, because I think it's an opinion-based topic, uh-huh. is that it's a moral decision based on your own morals. Okay. That's just how I see it. I mean, everyone's going to do things differently based on their own understanding of things and, you know, whatever. We went into, like, different layers of, like, this how this affects this person or whether your knowledge of whatever, but at the end of the day... You should be held accountable based on your knowledge of what's going on in that situation. Mm-hmm. So, is are those your closing thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that complicated. You don't think it's that complicated? I think I think it's pretty black and white that, you know, if you understand the situation and you, whatever, then you, you're judged accordingly. You shouldn't be judged for something without knowing what you did wrong. Okay, okay. Like you could be taught after the fact and still have consequences, sure. But you should you're not gonna be held you're not gonna be viewed as the same as someone does the exact same thing knowing the consequences. You know, sure in, in the eyes of the law you might get the same punishment because that's just the law. Okay, okay. My thing is I don't want these closing arguments to be these closing thoughts to be circumstantial on anything. I just want these closing thoughts to be what you personally think not taking into account anything just what you want to be taken out of this what do you want to be taken out of this whole conversation that we just had or what do you want people if listening you're ever, if you're ever faced with this decision in the problem in the, in the universe that you ever have to do this do what you feel is right okay okay, <laughs> okay. my closing thoughts on this is I just want there to be, I just want people to understand that we are are human beings. No, nothing is ever right and wrong. Nothing is as we perceive it as to be. Everything should be contextual and everything should be taken case by case. Because nothing is ever the same for everybody. I just think that what should be taken into account for the way people act and the way people do things you should perceive it as you if you don't personally agree with this person that's absolutely fine nobody should then tell you hey you know that's wrong that's right whatever you are the own you are your own person you should then be able to tell yourself hey this person told me this and i agree with it or don't you are the you are your own worst enemy so whatever you tell yourself whatever you think for yourself you should then i don't know where i'm rambling i try to sound thoughtful but i don't even know where i'm going with this what i just want to get to this is you're your own person don't let anybody then change you for what you are you should grow as a person you should think for what you want you are your own person and with that i think that is the ending of our episode and this we fight after this one okay Okay. We prob- we have a lot of as you may have heard from the whole episode. I'm really frustrated. Yes. As, as I know all the listeners are too. Yes. With that, good night. No, that is not the end. That is not our ending. I just wanna say just you know, with this episode, 
end with the episodes to follow. You have your own thoughts. Everybody has their own thoughts. Share them with us. Maybe they might change ours. Maybe whatever. They you probably know? won't. I'm pretty set in my ways. Okay. Mike is set in his ways. But you know, as always, I just want to encourage people to share what they have to say with us and share what they think with us. And, you know, just... What I just want to... Wrap it up, Roy. Wrap it up. Okay. Okay. Before I get on to a whole rambling thing, you know, I just want to say grow as a person and don't ever stop growing as a person. Do drugs, kids. Yes. Yes. Do drugs. Do whatever it is. Don't be stuck in your ways. Grow as a person. Get out of your fucking bubble. Yep. Don't be scared to try new things. And with that, that wraps up today's episode. This has been Christian and... This is where you say, this has been Mike. Yeah. Okay. It's been me. That's been Mike. And, you know, thank you so much. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate you guys so much. And just thank you guys so much. And that has been the end of today's episode.